Even when you don't feel me, I'm there. Even when you're crying, I'm there. Even when you're hurting, I'm there. When you're reaching for me and you can't feel me, I'm there. And sometimes you can't feel me because I want you to know it, not feel it. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. It won't be around too long, but it's summer in New England right now. We better take advantage. And New Englanders know how to have fun in the sun. Come on, somebody. It's summertime. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? I want to thank some people today. I want to give some shout out to some folks that have been giving us some positive reviews online. And uh, I really want to say thank you to Kingpin, I'm sorry, Latin Kingpin, who on iTunes said, I love this show, talking about us. He said, you're going to be inspired and you're going to feel great. I like that. He goes on to say, do yourself a favor and hit the subscribe button. I agree with Latin Kingpin. Hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much, Latin Kingpin. And I want to also thank... Anthony Milky, he said, I listened on Spotify and I loved the second episode. That episode was the praise and worship episode. If you haven't heard it, check it out. And lastly, I want to thank Eddie from my own church who took to Facebook to make fun of me and, <laughs> and call me the humble host. <laughs> thank you, Eddie. Thank you for listening. We have several hundred people finding us and listening and downloading the podcast but i know that we can do better so please subscribe share and and make a review if you like the show uh, if you don't like the show uh send me an email <laughs> personally uh, let's get into today's topic What is the relationship between God and Satan? Now, I'm not going to take a look at the fall of Satan or Lucifer and the events leading up to that. I want to take a look more at the interaction we read about in the story of Job. Our first real glimpse that God and Satan even have some kind of dealings with one another is in the book of Job. Moses is believed to have penned the book of Job. And he kind of nonchalantly tells this amazing story about how Satan was walking around the earth and somehow ended up in heaven. Now, I am really stricken by how casual God's engagement is with the devil himself. It doesn't read like this was sort of a chance encounter or that it was a rare occurrence. We don't read that the angel Michael rushes to cast the devil out. No, as a matter of fact, it's kind of obvious that through their conversation that all the power is with God. Satan is seeking permission from the only one who can grant him permission. The devil operates under the permission of God. 
here in the life of Job. One can deduce that Satan can't deal with the people of God however or whenever he wants, especially because God's hand was on Job. God's hand is on the life of those that serve him. So it's kind of clear, I think, that God and Satan are not two equal powers who are at war with one another. God has no equal. God is without beginning or end. Satan was created. He's a created being. Though he was referred to as the God of this world in Scripture, it's a lowercase g, and really he's no God at all. God is eternal. Satan is temporal. God is all-powerful. Satan's powers are severely limited. God speaks life into existence. Satan can be rebuked and not always allowed to speak at all. If God and Satan were to get in the octagon, God would give Satan the Jorge Masvidal flying knee and knock him out in, in record time. You know what? It's even more uneven than that. If they were at war, it would be like an ant waging war against an elephant. An all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent elephant. One thing is for sure, even with limited power, the devil can still wreak havoc in people's lives. But the good news is that after he does whatever he tries, if we're faithful, God will always bring us to this place called after this. Let's go to the altar of Vida Church for our sermon today entitled, After This. It says like this, after this, Job lived 140 years. Somebody say, after this. Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren and four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Amen. After this, somebody needs to hear this today, man. Uh, I came with a specific word for someone who is going through it right now. I came with a word for that person that feels like this is never going to end. Some people believe, amen, and, and rightly so, some things never change. Some people are in a situation forever. But I believe that the entire reason for having a God that is greater than all of this, amen, is that he can, he can allow, he might allow us to go through something for a little while, but after this, he has a bigger thing in store for all of us. He has something better in store for all of you. I believe it. I believe it. But, but, but the only way you can get to the after this is if you hold on to him while you're going through it. You have to be able to hold on. You have to be able to not lose hope. You have, to, uh, you have to be able to not throw in the towel. Listen to somebody. Listen to me, somebody. Don't turn off the switch of faith during your trial, during your problem, during your, your crises. Amen. There's something beyond this, but you'll never get to it if you don't survive this. This is not the end. You don't stay here. This is just a temporary inconvenience. This is just, this is just a hallway. Amen. 
The hallway is designed to get you from one room to the next. Nobody lives in the hallway. Amen. You're just in the hallway where there's nothing. You don't have the comfort of your bed or your sofa, your TV. You're in the hallway. You're a little bit uncomfortable. But somebody's got to believe this morning that the hallway isn't your final destination. You're going somewhere. Amen. Amen. And this is just a valley between two mountaintops. You're in the valley right now. But God says after this, if you hold on, after this, I'm going to show you what having a God on your side can do. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but to get to the after this, you have to remain faithful in the meanwhile. Oh, there's something called the, the meanwhile. What, is it, what, what does the meanwhile mean? It, it means that, that while you're in it, while you're going through it, it's mean. It's the meanwhile. It ain't nice. It ain't called the nice while. It's the meanwhile. In between. While I'm going through it in the meanwhile, I'm going to have to deal with the meanness of the situation. God doesn't remove the pain or the sting. Sometimes we got to go through the meanwhile. Amen. It's, it's mean for a little while. It's hard for a little while. Amen. It's, it's painful for a little while. It's trying for a little while. It's dark for a little while. It's uncertain for a little while. It's called the meantime. Some of us are living it right now, boy. It just feels like everything's mean. Life is mean. Things aren't working out the way you want to. And even when you, you're able to get a couple steps ahead, something happens and you fall uh, four or five steps back. And it's mean. And it feels like God is mean. And it feels like your wife is mean. And it feels like your children are mean. And everything seems mean in the meanwhile. Amen. But I want to encourage you to hold on to God in the meanwhile. I want to encourage you to, to realize that, that God's not the reason for your problem. Amen. He's the reason you're going to get through your problem. Amen. It's just the meanwhile. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm in the meanwhile right now. I'm in the mean. Everything seems mean. Everything seems hard. Waking up feels hard. Getting out of bed feels hard. Amen. I want to talk to you today about a man named Job. This dude knows what it is to, to survive the meanwhile. This dude knows what it means to go through it. Amen? A couple things about him. Number one, he was a perfect and an upright man. Number two, he was a wealthy man. He was rich beyond measure. Then he had seven sons and he had three daughters. Full house. Bible says that he feared God and he resisted evil. Amen. And, and he loved God so much and he loved his children so much that, that listen to what he would do. He would offer sacrifices to God. Not because he was bad, because the Bible says that he was a good and a righteous man. But he offered sacrifices to God in case his sons had cursed God in their heart. And so he would offer sacrifices to God just in case 
his children weren't walking right. And just in case his children lost sight of who God was. That's the kind of man that Job was. Job had integrity. Job was the kind of guy that if he said something, even if it cost him everything, he'd do it. He was a man of his word. He loved God. He was faithful to God. So much so, amen, that, that, that the enemy, the devil, goes up to heaven trying to act like he's just chatting it up with God. But God knows why he's there. And, and, and God says, y'all, have you noticed my boy Job? Have you noticed, my boy Job, there's not another one like him in the whole world. There ain't nobody like him. And it almost feels nice to be talked about by God. It almost feels nice for a second until you realize God is setting us up. <laughs> it pays to be good. Don't get me wrong. This lesson is not a lesson that you shouldn't be good. You should be in the sight of God. God should be able to brag on you. Amen. Your relationship with God should be like that relationship with your spouse. And I, and I have a relationship with my spouse to praise God. Boy, we went through some mean wiles. Woo! She was mean for a little while. Because huh? she, she was mean because I was bad. Amen? Amen? And so we went through that. But at the end of the day, now we've been married close to 21 years. And I'm telling you, man, there is, there is and, and, I, and I pray that nothing uh, ever changes uh, this and that something bad doesn't come after this. But, but there's nothing in the world that she can tell me about herself that would make me want to leave her. Did you hear what I said? But now she knows that we are in a committed relationship with one another. And so when God says to Satan, have you noticed my boy? God is saying he's never going to leave me. He loves me. The devil says, well, who wouldn't love you? You've made him rich. You've given him everything that he could ever desire and more. Then he says to God, if you took away all his stuff, he wouldn't love you. If you took away all his stuff, he'd cheat on you. He'd curse you. Mm -hmm. And so God says, you know what? Give it your best shot. I trust him, my God. I trust him. I know that he loves me. He's proven by the way that he has lived his life. He ain't going to turn his back on me. Wow. Holy cow. To think of God speaking like that of one of us is insane. So, so, so Satan makes the accusation. God says, all right. And so here it goes. Yeah, man, I get nervous of people who only seem to love God when they have everything that they want. I get nervous with people. And this is the claim that the devil is making about mankind, not just Job. They'll love you when you're good to them. But the moment they feel like you're not good to them, they'll leave you. And that's been the battle. That's been the challenge from Satan to God the entire time. They're only going to love you while you're good to them. The moment you stop blessing them, they're going to turn on you. And some of us in this room are, are, are a witness, not for what God said about Job, but what the devil accused that Job would do. We are, we are, we are fair-weather servants of God. Some of us are only here because we've perceived that he's blessing us right now. But the moment he stops blessing us, we stop coming to church. We stop praying, we stop singing, we get angry with God, and we have our little infantile tantrums and saying, God, I don't believe in you anymore, but who are you talking to? 
it's, it's then that the, that the Lord gives Satan power to take everything that he has. And boy, the devil doesn't play around. And right now in this place, the enemy is hard at work trying to get some of you guys to turn your back on God by taking the stuff that he gave you. And here you are holding on to your faith, but you're about to lose it. You're about to give up. You're about to just let it go because you perceive that God's not with you because you perceive that, but man, it should be easier than this. If I have God, why aren't things easier for me? Man, it doesn't make sense. I just quit. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm just not going to serve God anymore because it doesn't make sense. This is too hard. I'm not being blessed enough to go to church. Well, that's exactly what the enemy's trying to, to get you. He wants you to collapse. He wants you to quit. But I'm here to tell you that even though in chapter 1 of, of the book of Job, boy, it is tough. We, we, we find out what starts to happen. and it, In chapter 1, stuff starts to go bad. But don't forget, we read chapter 42. Chapter 42 is coming. So the devil attacks, and he attacks hard. Amen. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Sabians took all of his oxen and his donkey says like this, after this, Job lived 140 years. Somebody say, after this. Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren and four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Amen. After this. Somebody needs to hear this today, man. Uh, I came with a specific word for someone who is going through it right now. I came with a word for that person that feels like this is never going to end. Some people believe, amen, and, and rightly so, some things never change. Some people are in a situation forever. But I believe that the entire reason for having a God that is greater than all of this, amen, is that he can, he can allow, he might allow us to go through something for a little while, but after this, he has a bigger thing in store for all of us. He has something better in store for all of you. I believe it. I believe it. But, but, but the only way you can get to the after this is if you hold on to him while you're going through it. You have to be able to hold on. You have to be able to not lose hope. You have, to, uh, you have to be able to not throw in the towel. Listen to somebody. Listen to me, somebody. Don't turn off the switch of faith during your trial, during your problem, during your, your crises. Amen. There's something beyond this, but you'll never get to it if you don't survive this. This is not the end. You don't stay here. This is just a temporary inconvenience. This is just this is just a hallway. Amen. The hallway is designed to get you from one room to the next. Nobody lives in the hallway. Amen. You're just in the hallway where there's nothing. You don't have the comfort of your bed or your sofa, your TV. You're in the hallway. You're a little bit uncomfortable. But somebody's got to believe this morning that the hallway isn't your final destination. You're going somewhere. Amen. Amen. And this is just a valley between two mountaintops. You're in the valley right now. But God says after this, if you hold on, after this, I'm going to show you what having a God on your side can do. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but to get to the after this, you have to remain faithful in the meanwhile. Oh, there's something called the, the meanwhile. 
What does the, what, what the meanwhile mean? It, it means that, that while you're in it, while you're going through it, it's mean. It's the meanwhile. It ain't nice. It ain't called the nice while. It's the meanwhile. In between. While I'm going through it in the meanwhile, I'm going to have to deal with the meanness of the situation. God doesn't remove the pain or the sting. Sometimes we got to go through the meanwhile. Amen. It's, it's mean for a little while. It's hard for a little while. Amen. It's, it's painful for a little while. It's trying for a little while. It's dark for a little while. It's uncertain for a little while. It's called the meantime. Some of us are living it right now, boy. It just feels like everything's mean. Life is mean. Things aren't working out the way you want to. And even when you, you're able to get a couple steps ahead, something happens and you fall uh, in four or five steps back. And it's mean. And it feels like God is mean. And it feels like your wife is mean. And it feels like your children are mean. And everything seems mean in the meanwhile. Amen. But I want to encourage you to hold on to God in the meanwhile. I want to encourage you to, to realize that, that God's not the reason for your problem. Amen. He's the reason you're going to get through your problem. Amen. It's just the meanwhile. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm in the meanwhile right now. I'm in the me. Everything seems mean. Everything seems hard. Waking up feels hard. Getting out of bed feels hard. Amen. I want to talk to you today about a man named Job. This dude knows what it is to, to survive the meanwhile. This dude knows what it means to go through it. Amen? A couple things about him. Number one, he was a perfect and an upright man. Number two, he was a wealthy man. He was rich beyond measure. Then he had seven sons and he had three daughters. Full house. Bible says that he feared God and he resisted evil. Amen. And, and he loved God so much and he loved his children so much that, that listen to what he would do. He would offer sacrifices to God. Not because he was bad, because the Bible says that he was a good and a righteous man. But he offered sacrifices to God in case his sons had cursed God in their heart. And so he would offer sacrifices to God just in case his children weren't walking right. Just in case his children lost sight of who God was. That's the kind of man that Job was. Job had integrity. Job was the kind of guy that if he said something, even if it cost him everything, he'd do it. He was a man of his word. He loved God. He was faithful to God. So much so, amen, that, that, that the enemy, the devil, goes up to heaven trying to act like he's just chatting it up with God, but God knows why he's there. And, and, and God says, y'all, have you noticed my boy Job? Have you noticed my boy Job, there's not another one like him in the whole world. There ain't nobody like him. And it almost feels nice to be talked about by God. It almost feels nice for a second until you realize God is setting us up. <laughs> it pays to be good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this lesson is not a lesson that you shouldn't be good. You should be in the sight of God. God should be able to brag on you. Amen. Your relationship with God should be like that relationship with your spouse. And I, and I have a relationship with my spouse to praise God. Boy, we went through some mean wiles. Woo! She was mean for a little while. Because huh? she, she was mean because I was bad. Amen? 
Amen. And so we went through that. But at the end of the day, now we've been married close to 21 years. And I'm telling you, man, there is, there is, and, and, I, and I pray that nothing uh, ever changes uh, this and that something bad doesn't come after this. But, but there's nothing in the world that she can tell me about herself that would make me want to leave her. Did you hear what I said? But now she knows that we are in a committed relationship with one another. And so when God says to Satan, have you noticed my boy? God is saying he's never going to leave me. He loves me. And the devil says, well, who wouldn't love you? You've made him rich. You've given him everything that he could ever desire and more. Then he says to God, if you took away all his stuff, he wouldn't love you. If you took away all his stuff, he'd cheat on you. He'd curse you. Mm -hmm. And so God says, you know what? Give it your best shot. I trust him. My God. I trust him. I know that he loves me. He's proven by the way that he has lived his life. He ain't going to turn his back on me. Wow. Holy cow. To think of God speaking like that of one of us is insane. So, so, so Satan makes the accusation. God says, all right. And so here it goes. Now, man, I get nervous of people who only seem to love God when they have everything that they, they want. I get nervous with people. And this is the claim that the devil is making about mankind, not just Job. They'll love you when you're good to them. But the moment they feel like you're not good to them, they'll leave you. And that's been the battle. That's been the challenge from Satan to God the entire time. They're only going to love you while you're good to them. The moment you stop blessing them, they're going to turn on you. And some of us in this room are, are, are a witness, not for what God said about Job, but what the devil accused Job would do. We are, we are, we are fair-weather servants of God. Some of us are only here because we've perceived that he's blessing us right now. But the moment he stops blessing us, we stop coming to church. We stop praying, we stop singing, we get angry with God, and we have our little infantile tantrums and saying, God, I don't believe in you anymore, but who are you talking to? It, it's then that the, that the Lord gives Satan power to take everything that he has and boy the devil doesn't play around and right now in this place the enemy is hard at work trying to get some of you guys to turn your back on God by taking the stuff that he gave you and here you are holding on to your faith but you're about to lose it you're about to give up you're about to just let it go because you perceive that God's not with you because you perceive that but man it should be easier than this if I have God why aren't things easier for me man it doesn't make sense I just quit I'm not gonna go to church anymore I'm just not gonna serve God anymore because it doesn't make sense this is too hard I'm not being blessed enough to go to church well that's exactly what the enemy's trying to you. He wants you to collapse. He wants you to quit. But I'm here to tell you that even though in chapter one of, of the book of Job, boy, it is tough. We, we, we find out what starts to happen. And in, in chapter one, stuff starts to go bad. But don't forget, we read chapter 42. Chapter 42 is coming. So the devil attacks and he attacks hard. Amen. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Sabians 
took all of his oxen and his donkeys. This is, this is how you measured the wealth of a man at the time. This is like somebody saying the stock market, the stock market crashed and he lost everything. Millions upon millions of dollars. This is what he loses. Then a fire from the sky falls down and he burns up all of the sheep of his cattle. Amen. Sheep and cattle and the servants that are out there. Now, so, so, so let's, so he loses his oxen. He loses his donkeys. He loses his sheep and he loses all of his workers. And then, and then right after that, the Chaldeans come in and steal his camels. It was a full-blown attack. And if that wasn't enough, a strong wind, a tornado came and hit the house where his seven boys and three girls were and the, every one of them died. And, 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 and if, after every single person would come and tell him one thing happened, here came another person telling him that the next thing happened. One after another, bad news after bad news, after a life that was blessed, after a life that was charmed, as after, a, after he led a life that was never truly challenged, now the challenges are coming, one after another, after another. And isn't that how it happens? One thing happens, and then another, it's like a domino effect in your life. Things can go good for a good time, for a little while, amen, but then boom, 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 all these things just start to happen, and you start to say, God, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I can see the devil laughing, watching Job, as, as, and he starts to tell God, huh, he's going to cave, watch, he's going to curse you, watch, he's going to give up on you, amen, he, he's, he's going he's to stop. The devil had, had, had put all this pressure, and he's putting all this pressure on you today to cave in, to quit. That's what he's doing, it's his plan. Man, but if you're sitting here under the sound of my voice, I think you're the kind of person that wants to press on. And in verse 20 of, of chapter 1, then Job arose and rent his mantle. He ripped his clothes. He was, he, he, this was a, a sign of, of agony, of mourning. He rips his clothes. And, he, and the Bible says that he, he shaved his head. That was another sign of, of people in mourning and grief. That, uh, he shaved his head. Then he falls down to the ground. And, and then he does something that's amazing. And he worships. He rips his clothes, shaves his head, throws himself to the floor, and he goes, Hallelujah! What? The devil wasn't counting on worship. The devil was counting on whining. The devil wasn't counting on praise. He was counting on quitting. He was counting on Job being mad at God. He was counting on Job saying, You left me. You left me. You know what? So I'm going to leave you too. You hurt me, so now I'm going to hurt you too. That's not what he did. Every time the devil throws something at him, it failed. Every time the, the, the devil threw something at him, it didn't work. And let me tell you something. Every time the devil tries to throw something at you and it fails, the devil's embarrassed. Now he had to go back up to God and say, I guess that didn't work. Every single time the devil throws something at you and it backfires on him, we're putting the devil to shame and we are lifting up the name of our God and we're saying, you know what? My relationship with God goes beyond my possessions. My relationship with God goes beyond my blessings. My relationship with God is because he's God and I love him. I love him. And it's not because he's just blessed. It's not just because of all the blessings. It's because we have a relationship he loves me and I love him. 
and taking my stuff ain't going to make me leave them. Somebody today needs that kind of faith. You want to you want to you want to really mess with the devil's mind? Praise instead of pout. You 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 need to let the trying of our faith enable us instead of disable us. When your faith gets tried, many of us get disabled. But in Jesus' name, I declare that when your faith gets tried like Job, it enables our faith. Amen. Job chapter 1 verse 21. He's, he, uh, Job says these words, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. He's basically saying, I was born with nothing. I'm going to die with nothing. I don't need anything in between. What I need is God in my life. This is what he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then verse 22 says, in all of this, Job did not sin. He didn't leave God. He didn't do what Satan predicted he would do. He didn't act like most of us who act like spoiled rich kids with a, with, with a rich father in heaven complaining when he doesn't give us exactly what we want. Hallelujah, somebody. I can see Job talking to his wife and saying, baby, I don't know what God is doing, but I know that after this, I know that he's got a plan. I know that somewhere, somehow, God is going to bless me. I, I just got to endure. I just got to hold on. Hallelujah. How many know that when it rains it, it pours? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The devil, having not completed his task, he went back up to heaven and, 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 and God's sitting there like, yeah boy. You see my boy? I told you he loves me. The devil goes, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right, but, 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 but you only gave me permission to take this stuff. But if I touch him, you got your hand on him. If, 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 if you take your hand off him and let me get a grab hold of him, then for sure he's going to curse you. See, because if the devil can't get you to abandon God by taking your stuff, he's going to start to get into your skin. The Bible says that he got sick, Job did. He got boils all over his body boils to the point where he was breaking pottery and he was taking the sharp edges of the pottery and scratching his skin just to find a little bit of relief from the itch and the pain boils all over his body mm. here he is sitting in ashes and now his wife is telling him you're better off dead curse God and die curse God and die. Now, the, now, now, his, now his wife has seen him, his wife has seen him go through so much. His wife has lost her kids. She's lost her status. She lost all her money. What's the sense in having God if I lost all I have? Some people in this room know the answer to that. Man, I can lose everything, but if I still got Jesus, I still got what I need. Amen, somebody. Oh my God. Job chapter 2 verse 10. And in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. He did not curse God. He did not blame God. He went through it. 
I was listening to a sermon by Dr. Martin Luther King the other day, and he said that there's a big difference between if faith and though faith. If faith and though faith. A lot of modern Christians have if faith. And some of us have uttered these words. If God does this for me, then I will believe in him. If God gets me out of this jam, then I'm going to serve him like I never have before. If God makes this situation disappear, then I'll be good for the rest of my life. Amen. A lot of people live on if faith. Amen. As if God can be tampered with and played with and manipulated by your if. Mm-hmm. The if faith says that if all goes well in my life, if all is hopeful, if all is prosperous, if everything is good and I'm happy, I'll serve God. If I never suffer loss, if the people that I love never have to suffer, then I will have faith in God. That's if faith. And one of my, one of my favorite barber characters, amen, uh, uh, and, and he's only one of my favorite Bible characters, is because I see a lot of me in him. His name was Jacob. Imperfect guy. Blessed by God. Chosen by God. To start a, a, the, the nation of Israel. Amen. But this guy had flaws. I can see myself in Jacob. Jacob, the great patriarch of our, faith, of our faith, for a little while lived on if faith. Genesis chapter 28, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, if he watches over me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I may return safely to my father's house, then... The Lord will be my God. That's some of us in this room. That's the if faith we got. And if faith is wishy-washy. If faith, if faith does not pass the sniff test. If faith is the people that the devil's looking for to turn you against God. Because if you live on if faith, all he has to do, the devil, is get a couple things to go wrong in your life and your faith is gone. Because you have an if kind of faith. But my boy Job didn't have an if kind of faith. Job had a though kind of faith. Though, though, though things go wrong, though evil looks like it's temporary pros temporarily prospering, nevertheless, I'm going to believe in God anyway. Somebody say nevertheless. Amen. Job said this, though he slay me. <laughs> it's not if, if, he didn't say if he heals me. No, 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 no. You, you got to get the, 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 the fundamental difference here. He, he didn't say if he heals me, I'll serve him. He said, though he slay me, even if I die, I'm not going to turn on my God. I'm not going to give up my faith, even though I'm suffering, even though this hurts, even though I'm crying, I'm not going to turn back now. I've come too far to give up now. I've got the whole faith. Somebody in this room came today to, to, to do a switch. You had faith, but your faith was an if faith. Up until now, you were switching. You were, you were wishy-washy. You were giving up on God every time things went wrong. But today, you came here to make a swap. I'm here to tell you, God wants to give you the faith. Amen. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to survive it. I'm going to make it to the end because after this, there's something good for me. I know that God's got a better plan for me. I know that this is not where God wants me to die. 
I've heard from God too clearly. I've heard from God too clearly to believe that this is where my story ends. You can't give up. You can't, you can't trade in your faith when things go bad. You've got to hold on to your faith and to your God. Job said, no, no, man. No, man. Sorry, honey, but, but I don't have if faith. I have no faith. I will not curse God and die. I don't know. I, I think that, that Job stayed alive uh, just to spite his wife. I'm not going to die because you want me to. And while he's going, I don't have time to get into all of it, but while he's going through it, while he's going through the, 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 the battle of his life, Job starts to reach out for God and he can't find God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, God, hold on. You, you put me in this trial. You let the devil attack me. And the only thing that can comfort me is your presence. And now I can't even get that. Has anybody been there? Where in the midst, in the, in the, in the toughest time of your life, it feels like God's a million miles away. He's not. He's not. Job is halfway through his trial, a little bit over halfway his trial. And, and, and Job is going through this horrible ordeal trying of his faith and he is holding on to his faith and he's not cursing God and he's not leaving God because he knows that God is his best hope. He knows that God is his best friend. But Job chapter 23 verse 3 Oh that I knew where I might find him. Listen to what he says Oh I'm in pain. Oh my friends are accusing me of sinning. But oh if I could just feel the presence of God again. I, I'm sick. I got these boils and, and I'm scratching myself with broken charred glass I, just to give myself relief. But boy if I could just feel God's presence for a minute. Job chapter 23 verse 8. Behold I go forward but he is not there. And, and I go backwards but I cannot perceive him. Where's God gone in the middle of my trial? Mm, verse Chapter 23, verse 9, on the left hand where he does his work, but I cannot behold him. He, 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 he hides himself on my right hand and I cannot see him. Job is desperate. He's writing his desperation. Where is God in, a, in my trial? Where is God in my tribulation? And, 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 and now, now, now this is where he's most vulnerable because, because when, he's, when his family was gone, he could feel God. When, when, when things, terrible things were happening, he, he, he was able to feel God. But now his friends are judging him and telling him it's because he sinned and now he can't find God. This is where he's most vulnerable because at least if you can feel God, you can hold on to him. But what do you do? What do you do when you're so down and out? And you reach out for God and you still feel like you can't find Him. Faith is not something you feel. Somebody ought to write that and in, 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 etch that into your heart. I got to stop going by what I feel. God is trying to teach Job that it's not about feeling my presence. It's about knowing through faith that I'm always there. Even when you don't feel me, I'm there. Even when you're crying, I'm there. Even when you're hurting, I'm there. When you're reaching for me and you can't feel me, I'm there. And sometimes you can't feel me because I want you to know it, not feel it. It's though faith. It's though faith, not if faith. It's though, even though I can't feel him, I'm never going to betray him. Even though I can't feel him. I'm not going to walk away. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to hold on. 
I love what Job says. Job says, I, I, I was walking in the right path before this started, and so I'm not going to change my path because this happened. I was walking in the right path in the beginning, so, so why am I going to change my path just because this happened? Why am I going to stop praying just because this happened? Why am I going to stop giving to God just because this happened? Job said, I was on the right path before it happened. I'm going to understand the right path even after it happened, even though it happened. Man, God, you're a million miles away from me, but, but I'm staying in this path. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving your way. I'm not, I'm not abandoning you because I feel like you abandoned me. Faith teaches me. Faith tells me that you would never leave me or forsake me. That's what your word says. So I'm not going to trust my feelings over your word. So I'll just keep walking the same path. Listen, this is where the devil gets us to fall. This right here. Listen to me. This is where the devil gets us to fall. This is where the devil can accuse us. Because some of us, when we're walking the right path and bad things happen, we fear, we deviate from the path. And once, he, once we deviate from the right path, the devil's got us where he wants us. Are you hearing me? Man. After this, after this is over, listen to what Job says. After this is over, I'm going to come out like gold. After this, my relationship with him is going to be worth more. After this, my testimony is going to be stronger. After this. And then, and then, one night, Job falls asleep, sick and in pain. And he wakes up in the morning, and he's sick and he's in pain. And he walks and he gets himself to the doorway of his house and he looks outside. Really? Okay. All right, life. What now? <laughs> and so he stands there looking at this thing and the whirlwind comes and it stops right in front of his house and it stops right in front of him. And Job's like drinking his coffee. Yep. And he's looking at this whirlwind that's stopping and it's staying and it's standing right in front of him. And he goes, okay. And then the most amazing thing happens in chapter 38. God speaks. God speaks to Job. And for the next four chapters, God speaks. Man, if you want to read some good Bible, you want to read Job chapter 38, 39, 40, 41. All of it is God talking. God talking to Job. God answering Job. You should read the whole book, but if you just want to see what God says, oh my goodness. It's some of the most, it's like gangster stuff. God is like gangster. He comes up to him and says, all right, Job, now you're going to have to tie your belt around your waist like a man because I'm going to talk to you like a man. And he, and he starts saying stuff like him. Where were you when I, fought, when I formed everything that you see? Where were you when I put the ocean in its place and then told him to stay and not go beyond its threshold? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? God starts telling him, there are things that you can't possibly understand, boy. But if you love me, I'm going to take care of you. If you love me, I'm going to be with you. Amen. But, but don't try to pretend that you can understand God. You can't. Yeah. So the Lord 
chapter 42, verse 12. So the Lord blessed, boy, there's an after this. And so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. And he gave him two times as much as he had before. He was rich before, he doubled it. There, 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 there's some people in here this morning that are getting put through the test. You're getting tired and, and, and you're troubled and it seems like nothing's going right. And I, and I get it. I've been there. Amen. But while you're going through it, things may not be going right. And things may, But there is an after this. After this, the Bible says that Job lived another 150 years. And the Bible says that after this, he was blessed. He received more than he ever received in his life. And more than anything, Job put Satan to shame. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.